Welcome back to the Dreamer's Manual podcast. And if this is your first episode and your first time listening, you're very welcome here. I'm so happy you're here. So today's episode feels a little bit cutting edge. I think that when I'm recording this, there's something like six planets in retrograde, which normally for me, I think is like a funny thing. I say, oh, there's this happening and maybe that's why my printer broke or something like that. But this one has just really hit and I feel like (laughs) it has taken off of my filter. Not that I have much of a filter in the first place, but whatever filter I did have is on its way out or has left the building. So I know you guys have heard me, if you've listened before, talk about a note list. And I got the idea from Kate Northrup. She has a book called Do Less. And I think she has a new podcast coming out. So I'm excited to hear what she talks about on there. But when I first heard her talk about her no list or her no policies in her business, it was really interesting to me. And I went and checked it out. I saved it. Actually, when I type it in my Google search at home, it comes at the top of the list because I've referenced it so many times. So I was playing around with this year, what would a no list look like in my business? Sometimes it's just putting on paper because we might have an idea of what these things are, but I thought I would share it hopefully to inspire you or maybe get you thinking about what would be on your own no list. And I think the theory of this is not to just be in opposition to something necessarily, but when we say no to something, we're making room for more of those yeses. And having this for your team, your future team, or just for you to reference when those things come up in business I think can bring quick clarity to decisions we're making and things that are going on behind the scenes. I think this season, you know, beyond this week or month, I've really felt called to simplify and declutter physically, digitally, and mentally. And that simplicity is feeling really good. And so I think this is another level to protect that simplicity. Now, this has evolved over the years, but my number one on my no list is I will no longer take on clients whose values aren't a compliment to mine. They don't have to be the same. Obviously, everybody's going to have different values, but I think they have to complement and some of them probably have to overlap. Uh, This is especially true for me around family, free time, time freedom, and abundance. Some of this is obvious. Like if I have a kid who's homesick, or I want to go on a field trip at their school, or just want to have a schedule that works and can be flexible with whatever needs my family has at the time, I want a client who understands that. If they share the same values, even better, but at a minimum, they have to understand that my family's coming first. A reason why I picked this job in the first place and building this business is for the flexibility because I didn't want to answer to someone else and or feel that guilt when I had to say I can't come in because my kid's staying home sick today or in reverse pressuring my kid to go to school if they didn't feel good because I felt stressed about possibly missing out on work. I feel like at the end of the day or at the end of my life, Those are the things that I would say, why did I do that? I would have rather spent this time with my kid than doing these other things. Not that I don't feel fulfilled in my work and I don't love what I do because that's not the case, but I have to know like at the end of the day, what really matters. And for me, that's going to be family. Now talking about abundance, I believe that we all rise by lifting others 
And you'll see that in my work. I feel like I don't have secrets in my business. I think this shows up a lot when I work with the students in the OBM school because I want to be able to shortcut their success as much as possible. And if that's sharing some tip or trick or asset that I've created, I want to make sure they have access to that because if they're showing up in their craft and looking good, it's only going to make all of the OBMs look better. So I really value that cooperation, but I think it also carries over to abundance. I think that there are groups of entrepreneurs on the internet in certain mastermind programs, perhaps that are very big in not just hiring overseas, but hiring people on their teams for the least amount of money in US dollars possible. And this isn't to shame anybody because we all have our own budget. And sometimes that is the budget that we have. But I'm talking about is entrepreneurs that make, you know, seven figures and beyond, maybe high six figures. And they still seek out not only to find the lowest paid person they can, but also I could probably go on a whole rant about this. I'm not saying I wouldn't hire people from all over the world because I have, I've worked with people. I've really loved them and enjoyed that experience, but I want people to be paid fairly for their work, especially if you bring in what many people would consider a high profit or a large amount of revenue in your business. I don't love people, uh, for example, hiring interns and paying them even stateside, you know, $10 an hour to do work that they know is more valuable than that with, with this philosophy that, well, they're learning from me. And so they should work for me for a year, you know, at this amount of money. I think you have to find your own comfort level in there because certainly, you know, there's exceptions and nuances to everything I'm saying, but it does raise my, at least a yellow flag. And I want to have a conversation and look into it more because if we don't have the same values around lifting up and supporting our team and believe that their success is my success and vice versa, then it's probably just not a good fit and somebody else would be a better fit for them. Now, next on my no list And I'm still learning in this area a lot in figuring out what feels good to me in this area, but I don't want to promote my offers or services in a way that I feel like is unethical. Now, let me explain. I don't want to offer services from a place of false slash limited availability or scarcity. I don't particularly want to hammer on things that make people feel bad. Here are some examples for me that I consider when writing a sales page or writing emails or just talking about things that I offer in my business. And this isn't to say that I don't understand why marketers do the things they do. They're ultimately successful, you know, perhaps on a large scale, but at what cost? And at the end of the day, if it's just me, I have to live with it and I want to go to bed and not feel bad about what I'm doing, obviously. And for me, this is part of it. And also, if these things don't feel good when they're, quote, done to me, I don't want to perpetuate that and have someone else have that experiences. So early bird bonuses, for me, I get why people do them, of course. And 
at being behind the scenes, it can give you an amazing boost because when you're first starting to sell, especially digital offers, you know every single person who bought your offer by name. And I'm not saying that's not the case, you know, for larger things, but I know, think about and love every single person that's bought one of my small offers from my $17, you know, tough conversation templates to my hiring course. I know your name. If you bought it, I think about you. I think about if you like the product. And so it feels really personal to me, like a personal transaction. And I get like early bird bonuses of people that are most interested and most excited, you can give them a bonus for signing up right away and give yourself that boost. But for me, sometimes I really like to think about stuff, especially as I'm trying to simplify in my business. I don't like that pressure for myself. I also, there are programs that I have really strongly considered buying and the early bird bonus expired so fast or not fast, you know, or maybe it was out for a week and I was still thinking about it. But then when I lost that chance to have that option, then I decided ultimately not to go forward with the offer because I already felt like I was losing out, like I wasn't getting the full value of the thing, which you know, maybe that's the wrong mindset, but it really demotivates me from buying because I'm already feeling bad about my decision. So for me, I don't want to offer early labor bonuses. I want you to have the information to know if what I'm offering is the right fit for you. And if it's not or not right now, that's totally okay. I also, this goes along with that, and this is obvious, but limited spots. Unless there's a real reason for me to limit the size of a program, which could really be, I want less than 20 people in here because I really want to be able to give you one-on-one attention. And beyond that, I won't be able to do that. That feels like a real reason to me, but I will not just make an arbitrary number or say only the certain amount of people are going to be able to attend if that's not the case to create an illusion of scarcity. Now, this one, I mean, all of these could be controversial. I don't know because, you know, they're certainly against, depending on where you're getting your marketing advice, against some of the popular advice. Um, Don't listen to me. Listen to your own gut and, you know, yourself about this. But I think about cart clothes and there's a coach that I follow online. Her name is Jess Lively. I mean, maybe she's beyond a coach. She's definitely created a lot of offers. And she's created this very easeful way, not only around launching, but a join us anytime atmosphere in her programs. So certainly she has a start date on her programs, but she doesn't close the doors. And she says to people, of course, you can join me after the start date. You might have to catch up on a live or you can join exactly where you're at and just continue through. But there's no feeling of if I miss this date, then I'm locked out. And for me, I really like that feeling. There are times when I have joined her programs a week or more after they've launched. And as long as it doesn't create a massive issue for me in the back end and a lot of team time and frustration, I don't know why I can't offer that also. So I don't want to have this like closed door. Oh, you missed this date. You can't join us now until, you know, six months from now or whatever. Now this one is more nuanced, but making people feel like they're missing or lacking something to get them to buy. I want to approach people with the philosophy that they are whole as they are. 
And the truth is that most people have a lot more knowledge information than they give themselves credit for, for sure. But if I can accelerate their journey or add something, a benefit to them, I want to communicate that and not ever position something like you can't get to this place if you don't have this product. It's just straight up not true and it's not helpful. Now, this is one that I don't recommend this for everyone for sure. And out of all of these, I really get why people do this. But when people have payment plans for their program, you know where I'm going, and they upcharge their payment plans. So let's say a pay in full is $1,000. And if you choose the payment plan, you might be at like $1,300. For real, there are costs in the back end to offering these types of payment plans. And there's a lot of risk because the reality is sometimes when people see that payment come up over and over and they might've changed their circumstance, they might've decided to do something different. They just might not be as excited as they were when they purchased. And then the canceling and tracking down of the person who didn't fulfill their end of the contract, it's a thing. So I feel like if I can, and for me, I can at this point. I don't want to upcharge my payment plans. Some people will call this like a poor tax. I understand probably more than a lot of people because I see the back ends of a lot of businesses, the money and the team admin it costs to have a payment plan, including the risk. But for me right now, it feels better not to upcharge a payment plan. I want what I have to be accessible and I'm willing to accept the risk of absorbing those costs. And then I just really want to think about as a whole, all of the things I'm putting on, especially sales pages when I'm promoting an offer. And Tarzan Kay, if you follow her, she's a copywriter that she was one of the first that, and certainly not the only one, but one of the first for me that introduced me to like ethical copywriting and trigger phrases. She had this PDF available when I purchased another one of her programs and it was trigger phases and their swaps. So one example from that PDF was this program will get you this result. And her suggested swap was I've got some helpful tools to to get you this result or what if we could solve this problem together? It's definitely nuanced, but I want to take responsibility again for what I'm putting out there. And listen, This is so, so far from perfect. And if I make a mistake and you've noticed it, I would love it if you lovingly brought it to my attention and it's something I could adjust. But I know those are like, now I know those were a lot of words. It wasn't as succinct, but I wanted to explain with you what I meant by how I promote my offers and how I show up online. And so those are some of the things and the nuances that I mean when I talk about that. Now, The third is I want to contribute to diversity in business. I remember if you guys listen to this episode, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Talking to Latrice Prater, who is a business owner who has been diagnosed with, among other things, ADHD, bipolar disorder, and she shared about how representation matters so much. And so seeing someone who looked like her, sounded like her, came from where she came from, really shifted her perspective in what was possible and also maybe getting the support and having a community where getting that support was okay and not ignored or swept under the rug. So I think we also have seen this a real time with, if you're on social media, 
There's been a lot of videos in the last few weeks about kids seeing themselves in the live version of The Little Mermaid and what that means to those children and their families to see representation in something that's in like, quote, popular culture. Now, in Alaska, you guys might or might not know this, but we have the number one at this time of recording, most diverse public schools in the country. And I want my business life to feel as rich and diverse as my personal life. In my small corner of the internet, I want to speak and share stories from people from different countries and backgrounds, perspectives, nationalities, belief systems. And I want it to be a safe space for people to find some representation in the content that we produce. So it's always top of my mind how I can do that and get outside of my own bubble because just because people aren't doing this now, I think that sometimes we get comfortable in our own little circles or we take a certain program or, you know, it, it takes a lot sometimes to reach out and to, it takes effort to find different voices and different perspectives. But for me, I think it's worth it. And it's certainly on the list of mine to not be one of those businesses that doesn't show that diversity. And finally, from this list, I reserve the right to change my mind. I, as we all do, take in new information and circumstances might change for me and my business. And I reserve the right to try something or do something different. And so as I think we all do, I don't want to get trapped in something and have people say, but that's what you believed. That's what you did. I think about this sometimes in the eating communities because people might identify as a vegan, they might identify as paleo or something else. And then when you decide, you know, maybe this isn't the right choice for my body, or maybe it doesn't have to be all or nothing that I can eat like this 90% of the time and 10% of the time do something else. Sometimes people, especially online, really try to hold you to like, no, this is your belief. This is what you did. And, you know, there could be a time in the future where I offer you know, a slight upcharge on a payment plan, or I might take a client who doesn't fully align with my values at the moment, but maybe I'm open and they're open to a different possibility. So I hope that this was helpful. And if nothing else, as a thought exercise, because sincerely, when you talk about saving time and things like that from a practical level, If your team has this information and Kate's list does a really good job about this because she takes her no list and then turns them into basic policy. So if she has support and a gatekeeper in her business and they're filtering out messages or filtering out requests, they can look at a list like this and say, this doesn't fit with our values. For example, one of her values is we don't participate in online summits that require us to send solo emails to our list. We don't do anything just for the money. We don't do social media posts in exchange for free products. So she thought about her values, what she felt really aligned with and what she didn't and turn those into policies. So I encourage you, if you feel inspired by this episode, to just open up your project management tool or your business notebook and jot down a few ideas that you have that would be your no list because it's those things that can craft the culture of your company It can shave time off of your weeks and months, and it feels really good when you're showing up in a very authentic, aligned way in your business. I hope you liked this one, guys, and that it was helpful to you. 
If it is, I hope you'll share it with someone close to you. Or if you want, leaving us an honest review on iTunes. It's one of those cheesy things that I know that sometimes even I tune out, but sometimes I go through and just give all my favorite shows a rating because it really helps when we're talking about getting guests on the show, when we're talking about knowing what you guys want to hear more of. Having those ratings and reviews is incredibly helpful to that process and it means so much. So I hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you on the next episode.